nurse that I do and how in love you were. Then came kids, work, responsibilities, and laundry. Suddenly your marriage became the last thing on your priority list. Are you wanting more out of your marriage? We're Jeff and Mandy Rose, and we want to show you how to design your perfect marriage. Join us on our challenges of adventure, commitment, faith, and yes, intimacy. We want to help you make your marriage more. That's disgusting. I'm sorry, babe. I had to go. Oh, my goodness. Like, we're about to start this podcast, and Jeff Rose is bodily functions are grossing me out. I just, I tooted. <laughs> Sometimes you got to toot. I mean, I wish you had, you had press record like right before you tooted because it was like the loudest toot. It was not that loud. It was not pretty. I'm sure oh my our gosh, dog. I think it smells. It's probably the dog. I'm blaming the dog on that one. Okay, so we are back today and we are continuing a podcast that we had started last week and we are talking about the marriage gap. If you listen to last week's episode, which was episode number 51, we talked about things that you can do as a couple to avoid what we are calling the marriage gap. We left it off where um, (laughs) Jeff was, you were kindly telling me all of the things that I'm amazing at as a wife. Remember this? I do. Do you remember all of those points that you made about me? It was... We, it was so many that we actually ran over our usual 30-minute time frame. <laughs> is, that, is that what happened? I, I so. was actually hoping today's podcast was going to be just strictly you redeeming yourself from last week's podcast. But I think if we did that, we would get distracted from what the actual intent of the podcast is, is talking about the marriage gap. Correct. But I just want to at least know like a couple things that, that I'm good at. And if you have not listened to last week, you really need to because you can be mad along with me at Jeff <laughs> about how he couldn't come up with any reasons of how I'm an amazing I came up wife. With, I said that you were you ran this household, that you were not the leader, but, you know, you are the one that keeps this household afloat, you know, which is so many things. But that was the only thing you could come up with. But that's like and that I send bitmojis a lot. I'm really good at bitmojis. You are pretty amazing. She just sent me a Terminator one just the other night, and she was so proud of it. You <laughs> I think I so laughed proud. for like 10 minutes. <laughs> it wasn't even to me. It was to, our, to your cousin, but yet it, you sent it to me because you were so proud of it. I was like, it, yeah, because it was like about a guy we were talking about. And so it was like this bitmoji that was like, you're terminated or Terminator or something. And I was like, just send him this. <laughs> she probably is like, thinks I'm crazy. So if, what one thing that you are really, really good at is being the mother to our children. You are able to talk to them, especially our oldest, because, you know, he's getting older now and, you know, there's girl stuff going on and you are able to get him to talk about things that normally he wouldn't talk about, at least with me. Like he, he won't talk about that stuff with me, but he'll talk to you about it. I mean, I just don't understand why in third grade we are talking about girls already. I don't, I don't quite understand that either. But I am in that stage where I want him to feel open and free to talk to me. So I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> I'm trying not to be too judgmental and be like, you can't like girls. And because if I do that, I feel like he might not ever tell me if he is liking a girl. So it's a fine line. You have to walk this parenting thing. Mm-hmm. See, you're really good at that. Mm-hmm. You were, were really good at laundry until you, you, we 
hired somebody to do our laundry now. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Thanks for calling me out. <laughs> Sorry. I'm also really good at sitting during our podcast interviews because Jeff has a standing desk and he's always making fun of me because I pull up a chair and I usually sit. And today I thought I'm going to impress him and I'm going to stand during this podcast because I've, he's always telling me if you stand, it like opens up your diaphragm and you're just like more energetic and you're more talk, you know, it's just better for the podcast. But I never do it. So today I was like, yeah, watch this. I'm totally standing during this podcast. And as I did that. And what did you do to my chair in your process of standing? I broke a wheel off his chair because I was so excited. I pushed his chair so hard out of the way to be like, look at me. And a wheel fell off. And you you didn't even try to fix it. You just kind of said like you left it there. Like it's still there. I'm looking at it right now. Here's the reality though. I'll probably be the only one who knows how to fix that wheel. You would be just look at it like, mm. oh, my, my chairs. I got to get a new chair. Mm. I can fix the wheel, babe. All right. It's, it's okay. Just uh, not that I'm keeping track, but we're four minutes into this podcast. We're not really talking about <laughs> what we intended to talk about. <laughs> we'll then take over. All right. So the first three, just as a quick recap, was number one was clarify and commit to, a li- to lifetime marriage ideals. The second one was establish written goals and celebrate progress, something that we're still is a work in process for us. And number three is which definitely we spent the most time on. And that's uh, where Mandy got stuck because I didn't list 27 things that she's amazing at, even though I did like 22. You Uh, listed one. Spend time doing what you do best in your marriage because Mandy is so good at so many things. So many things I can't list them specifically, but... Just don't even go there. Okay. Let's just move on. All right. So continuing on, number four is be present. And there's a few different ways that you can look at this. I want to just read one part of this is, you know, what is being present? Being present is about living life, enjoying it in the moment. It doesn't mean you haven't learned from the past or won't plan for the future. It simply means that you focus on the positive ways that you can improve your marriage in the here and now. Because I know sometimes, I mean, being present is also being there, listening, and, and we could spend a little time on that of, you know, when you're talking to your spouse about something and it, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be a little thing like, how is your day? And I think one of the most, and this is just our culture nowadays, you know, one of the most selfish, insensitive things that you can do in that moment is have your phone, laptop, iPad on while that person is talking to you. Or like the Major League Baseball game. Or the Major League Baseball game. Or the championship basketball game. We weren't talking about anything last <laughs> night. That was that. That was. Uh, but there was a championship game on while Bailey, our cousin who lives here, my seventeen-year-old cousin, walked into our bedroom. She was like talking to us about something that kind of went down last night. We were trying to have like a conversation, her and I, and Jeff was kind of chiming in, but like the Villanova versus North Carolina. Is that right? I'm amazed that Did, you knew that. I, that's amazing. I know. Was on like the championship game and. If you didn't watch the game, which I didn't, but (laughs) (laughs) there was like a, it was tied and somebody shot a three pointer at the end or something to win the game. I'm just just glad you didn't say like they didn't kick like a field goal to win it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you were totally not paying attention. And not only that, but like you yelled so loud in my ear when that happened, like my eardrum almost busted. I will say the conversation was done at that point. It, It ended right before the final shot for those that watched the game. It was amazing. What? I was in and out because there was conversation going along and I thought a lot of it was more towards for a female ear not so much a male ear and then I would chime in when I felt I had something to offer the conversation Mm -hmm. but um so but being present you know that's 
how do we get on this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I told you I'm standing today. I'm yeah, fi- I came you, back You're feisty. I, I mean, did you fighting. like suck down like a Starbucks I'm not aware of? Are you caffeinated? I am caffeinated. Uh, there we go. That and explains some of it. Yeah. It's getting a little warm in you're here. You're going to like beg me on. to sit down from now on. But I think, you know, just talking about being present and just living in the present is that, you know, Mandy and I, you know, we've mentioned this several times that we both have done things in the past that have hurt each other. And not that they were intentional, you know, not that they were malicious, but I mean, there have been things that have been done to each other, have been said that have hurt each other. And we could focus on that. You know, we could live our days remembering when when we did that thing to each other and use it as our motivation to either try to get back at each other or not do something that you would do. And I, I, and one thing I can think of is you you find those in a situation where like the kitchen is dirty or there's clothes that need to be picked up or toys need to be picked up or laundry needs to be put away and you see it and you know in your head that needs to be done. But then that little voice comes in that says, no, you know, he or she did, did, did yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to put in the extra effort to, you know, put your laundry, put your laundry away. But I always do. I used to. (laughs) Used to. (laughs) Hashtag used to. Okay. But just saying that by living in the present, though, is like you see whatever it is, that thing that it is, and you don't focus on what was done to you, you know, years ago or last week or two weeks ago. I mean, you live in the present. So, you know what? That was then. This is now. I'm going to do what I do as a husband or wife and get it done. Yeah, I think it's really just a choice that you have to make. And when I'm listening to you say what you just said about making sure you're living in the present and not living in, you know, maybe some of these past hurts that you've been through as a couple, I also hear, like, it's just screaming to me that, like, you need to deal with those. We're not saying, you know, if something happens, you need to, and it's a new day, like, just be present and forget about what happened yesterday. I mean, those kinds of things, when you hurt each other, those have to be dealt with. I mean, you have to talk that out, you know, whether it's seek counseling or prayer or whatever it is, those things have to be hashed out. But we're saying once they're hashed out and once you have apologized and you have communicated about it. Try not to hold on to those things that you were feeling resentment towards and be present. (laughs) Like when you say, you know, because this has happened to us, I think many times where, you know, there will be laundry to put away or, you know, your laundry specifically. And I think, well, I'll just put mine away. But like, you know, you aggravated me and I'm still mad about it, even though we talked it out and I'm just going to leave it there just to be spiteful. Those are the things that we're saying you know, be present and let go of some of that resentment and hurt that has happened in the past. Exactly. And it's, it's hard to do sometimes. I mean, I know that I don't do it 100% of the time. There have been times that I've let that voice creep in and I won't do the dishes. Like, I'm usually the dish guy. I mean... We live in the same house. I think of myself as the dish guy. I mean, I did the dishes this morning. What? What? You're the dish guy. Here's how he is the dish guy. Let me just sidetrack really quick because I'd like to say this. He's the dish guy, but he does the dishes on his own time. Meaning like we'll eat dinner. The dishes are all on the counter. It's... I cook, so typically if I cook, he does dishes, vice versa. Wait, I'm sorry, what did you say that you do? I cooked. Oh, you cooked. Yeah, Yeah, I did. You you did last night. I did, okay. So then if (laughs) if we, we, I'm like, okay, he's dishes, so I don't worry about him. He leaves him there, go to bed, 
wake up, guess where the dishes are? Still out. And he's always like, I'm going to do them. But it's always on Jeff Rose time. <laughs> like, he's going to do the dishes, but it might be three days. <laughs> I usually do them That's the next morning, acceptable. like I did today. I did the dishes this morning. That is... Pat me on the back. Oh, my god. Send me a Bitmoji about that one. I will. <laughs> All right, moving on. So let's talk about the next thing. The next thing that we feel that you could do to, to avoid the marriage gap would be... Don't compartmentalize your marriage. That's a hard word to say. It is. That's, Don't compartmentalize your marriage. That's like 37 points in Scrabble, I believe. <laughs> I haven't played Scrabble since I was 17. That's like a word that should be in the Dr. Seuss book, like Timbuktu. Timbuktu. <laughs> Constantinople. Yeah. Hey, I, that's a hop on pop book. Hop on pop, yeah. <laughs> Just read it last night. <laughs> okay, so I think what this one is really saying, we're trying to say here is that, you know, don't compartmentalize your marriage or any aspect of your life. You know, I, I feel like putting your marriage in this tidy little teeny tiny box and then putting your job into a box and putting your kids into a box and you're wanting each box to look a certain way and feeling like, you know, none, none of the other boxes affect each other. And I feel like we do that so many times in our lives that we think like, this is our marriage and this is what it's supposed to be. And it's supposed to look like this in this little bitty box, perfect, all with a big, pretty bow. And instead of compartmentalizing that and putting in this box, you have to realize that like there are other boxes that are going to affect, affect that marriage box. So your job, your kids, your life, your volunteer work, your church, all of these extra things that you have are going to affect your marriage. So you can't put your marriage in this little box of, you know, this is what it is. Does that make sense? I think so. And I think, you know, one thing, this might be hard. I mean, let me just, let me take it where I'm at right now. I'm very fortunate to own my own business, run my own business. And, you know, one of the things that I do that and right now it's me and, and my, um, I have a junior advisor, junior financial advisor, and also my office manager. So there's three of us. And every Monday we pray over the week, you know, if there's anything that's going on. And I'm very fortunate that, you know, the, the people I work with are Christians. So, you know, it doesn't feel weird or anything. It just feels normal. And being able to do that, you know, and we talk about, you know, as a group, you know, just what's going on in our lives and what's going on with our kids and, you know, spouses and just, you know, just so we know like what's going on in each other's lives. And we also try to go to uh, lunch like once a month just so that we can talk just about non-business stuff, you know, just stay connected. And, and I say that because I, I have talked to the to friends and, and other people that, you know, where their job doesn't really include, you know, their spouse. And that's, you know, if, if there's if you have any control over that whatsoever, because I know that I'm going to go way back in time here. But when I wasn't my own boss, when I used to work for uh, an old uh, my old brokerage firm, when I first started working there, they would have these social events like after work. And it typically was at a bar. And for the most part, it was never really stated, like, make sure that your spouse comes. It was like really just for the office. And I remember this was like in our first couple of years of being married, you know, Mandy was like, well, why can't I come? And, and I really didn't have a good answer other than, well, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, don't really think that you're invited. And, 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 and I wasn't, and you technically really <laughs> weren't. And at that point, our marriage, I didn't have, you know, like I was new to the, the firm. So didn't really feel like I had a place, you know, we didn't really have Jesus in our life and we didn't really have a very strong foundation then. And I was, I remember I actually resented Mandy for wanting to come and, but I reflect back and just think, man, how 
that was just a bad situation, you know, to why would I want to put myself in the situation where I'm at a bar with my coworkers that, you know, and half of them, well, not half, but about 40, 30, 40% are female and my wife isn't there. You know, she's at home. Like why, why wasn't she included? Why weren't spouses invited? And, you know, it's tough. I mean, I, you know, in that situation, you know, Mandy did come and it was fine, but if it wasn't fine, you know, that's just, you're, you're kind of in a pickle there because that's your job. But, you know, maybe that just should give you some incentive to like, you know, that's not where you probably need to be, you know, to have your eyes open to other, other opportunities that might exist. Because I just think that if you don't have a happy home life, you're not going to have a happy work life and vice versa. You know, there has to, it has to integrate. It has to. Yeah. And I, I think about that time in our lives and, and when I'm, when I'm like picturing in my head now, like I'm picturing like for you, our marriage was maybe not at the time, but like just say now, like our marriage is, you know, based on following Jesus and loving each other and putting God first. And, but then your work box at that time was like, um, you know, wanting to fit in and pleasing other people and, you know, climbing the ladder and becoming more successful. And those two different boxes were two completely different things. Like you were compartmentalizing what your marriage was and what your, you know, idea of like married life and loving each other was. And then what your job was, was a completely another set of values, another, and those things did not mesh. (laughs) So I think that that's kind of a good example of like, you want all of those boxes to be integrated. You know, you don't want your marriage to look this way, your job to look this way. Like you are one person and all of those things, you have to live your life like on a level playing field where all of those things integrate and um, you carry your values of your marriage to your business and vice versa. Yeah. It seems like I talk to people a lot and I'll hear this just you know, they like opportunities that welcome that maybe require more travel or, you know, more hours. And it's, you have to ask yourself, I mean, is this really excelling in my career and making more money and getting this certain status? Does that really help one? Is that help for the kingdom? And also too, does that also help your marriage? You know, just because you're going to get a $20,000 a year raise, I mean, that's going to give you more opportunity. But does that take time away from your spouse? You know, now you don't have that time to connect and go on dates and just be home and be be present. You know, going back to what we talked about earlier, it's just you, you have to really ask yourself some hard questions. You know, what's what's the most important thing to you? And if it's advancing in your career and that takes priority over your marriage and even saying that takes priority. And I think, you know, I could say it takes priority over God, but if you're focused on God, then, you know, I think your marriage would then fall second, where then your job, if you have kids, will be like fourth in that mix. And that's something that, as, as you know, Manny alluded to, I mean, as a businessman, I mean, this is something that I have racked my brain over a lot through the years. And I can finally say I'm in a good place where when a shiny object come along that can advance my career or pay me X, I can easily say no, because I know that this doesn't align with our values, my values, and it's going to take me time away from my marriage and my family. Yeah, I think you're good now at evaluating that and looking at back at what our marriage goals are and what our lifetime marriage ideals are and saying, does this fit 
what we want our life to be. And it might be a yes when it comes to like, oh, it does because it's going to give us this much more money. And so part of our goals is we want to go to Australia for a month and like, look, if I do this, we can do that. But if you have to look at all areas of what those lifetime marriage ideals are, because if it is that you want to eat dinner together as a family, you know, or go on a date night once a week or whatever it is. And this thing that is being presented to you is taking away from that uh, largely um, then you have to outweigh the benefits and, and figure out if it really is worth it. Right. So I think a lot of times, especially in jobs and careers, is people just see the opportunity and they don't weigh it against what will this do to my family? What will this do to my marriage? How will my spouse feel about this? They just think, well, they have to understand because it's this amazing opportunity that I'm going to get so much m- more money for. And so I think, you know, we get stuck when we do stuff like that. Yeah, totally agree. On the next one. Go on. All right. So the next sixth one, number six, is create yourself as a person of value for your spouse. And, you know, we talked about the love languages a lot. And, you know, one of the things that Mandy really, one of her love languages is acts of service. You know, so one way that I can provide value to Mandy is putting the dishes away, even though it's maybe the next morning <laughs> or two days <laughs> or later. Or three days later. But the other things are, uh, you know, filling her gas tank, cooking dinner. Picking up the kids from school, taking the kids to uh, taking, I take our youngest to uh, pre-K. And I think one thing I've done here lately, I don't know if she's noticed this, but whenever I used to work at the office, you know, I usually wouldn't get home till five o'clock, five thirty most nights. And now just a very blessed with, uh, I can actually leave the office earlier now, now that I have a, an advisor working for me. And, you know, I try to get home and I can't do it every evening, but I try to get home to where... We, our youngest, Sloan, is sometimes he'll go with her. Other times it's a, a chore to get him to get in the car to go pick up the kids. And the school is just next door to us. So it's not like very far, but Sloan is one that doesn't like transitions very much. So it's just a, it's an ordeal. I mean, it's unfortunately it's not as easy as we would like. And I, I recognize that. So I've tried to get home early enough to where either I can walk over and get the boys or I can... Uh, be home so if she you know she needs to go pick up the boys and run an errand she can do so i don't know if you've noticed that but it's something <clears> that i've tried to make your life easier i have i like your are value you, are you sure <laughs> yes. you sure i am sure so yeah those are i mean that's just some examples of you know trying to show value to your spouse and i think you know doing the love languages i think that could help you understand you know what sort of value your spouse needs you know, in your marriage, I think, uh, and I don't have the podcast number now, but you can listen to that podcast about, we talked about the love languages. I think that this really is just talking about being, it's your character, you know, and regardless of your spouse, like just being a good, noble character. And I want to read this uh, Proverbs twelve four. This is what I think that number six, you know, create yourself as a person of value for your spouse. I think this really says a lot. And it says a wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like a decay in his bones. And so I think it's just a reminder to us that, you know, yes, you know, create yourself as a person of value, but just encourage your spouse and live your life so that like you're adding value to not just their life, but to anyone that you come in contact with lives, you know? And I feel like that will, Hey, are you ready for it? Make your marriage more. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And I think, you know, when you talk about encouraging and that's something that is, I don't say it's hard, but it's, it's hard to 
be conscious of that, especially when, you know, you have kids and you have a job and you have responsibilities and we just get so stuck in the minutia of the day to day that sometimes we miss the fact that our spouse needs some encouragement. You know, they're having a rough day and, you know, Mandy is the type that when she's having a hard day, either it's either, it's like, it's either, at least I can tell is either I can tell because of her tone and her demeanor, but other times, you know, she's really good at masking that, you know, she keeps it bottled up to where if I don't pry and engage with her and ask questions and really dig, then I miss it. So I think that's another way to add value is, you know, you have to going back to being present and just being intentional to get past the surface level, you know, get past the, Hey, how was your day? Great. Awesome. Okay. Good night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, an easy way to be of a, a value for your spouse is to just be a listening ear. I mean, we talked about this earlier, but I mean, maybe in that moment, what I really need or what you really need is just somebody to listen to you. You know, maybe you've had a bad day. I mean, that right there is a simple way that you can add, be a value to the person that you love is just by listening. And maybe they don't want you to fix their problems. They don't want you to have all the answers, but they just want to be able to like vent and talk to you and tell you their heart and have you just sit there and listen with an open ear. Yep. All right. So number seven is transform obstacles into solutions. And really good at this one. I am. I think so. What were you thinking? No, I mean, just in business, like in general, I feel like this, you're good at it. I don't know. I think one thing that, and I don't know, like if this set the stage for our marriage, I, I feel that it, that it did, but you know, for us to get married and then a month later, me deploy to Iraq you know, be gone for 17 months and, you know, just go through that as our initial voyeur in, into marriage, you know, we could always reflect back on that time and say, man, that sucked. You know, that was a hard time in our lives. And anytime that we would hit a low point in our marriage, I feel like we'd always kind of go back and say, man, we made it through that. I mean, we can make it through this, you know, like even, you know, we had some issues like a year ago. I, I just remember going back to that. And because, and, and I know, like you mentioned with business, I mean, I've had so many oppor- opportunities. I've had so <laughs> many situations where, you know, those that view me as being successful, you know, all the, 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 the cool things that I've been able to do in my career, you know, what they don't see, unless you read, I've got a blog post, my other blog, it talks about the five worst investments I've ever made. That's not even all the things I've done that I've <laughs> screwed up on, <laughs> but I've had several, several things that I thought were amazing opportunities, great ideas that I invested time and resources and and money into that were a flop. And I could have used that as a hindrance of, man, I screwed up. I know I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to be successful. And, you know, it's just about mindset. And I think with the obstacles that we've had, you know, I think about when we first went to counseling and, you know, I could have, we could have just focused on the fact, man, our our marriage isn't good because we had to go to counseling and it's never going to work out. I mean, we could have adopted that mindset, you know, use that obstacle, but we use that as a way to, man, okay, marriage is hard. It isn't easy. And for those that believe that marriage, I think a common phrase like, oh, well, you know, marriage shouldn't be this hard. You know, it should just work like (laughs) bull crap. (laughs) That's just so ridiculous. Like marriage is hard work and it's not, it's, you know, once you get married, like the day you walk down the aisle, like that is just the beginning 
of a very, very long journey. And as long as you're willing to invest the time and effort, it can be amazing. But the second that you disconnect and just say, oh, I, we can't get, this is just too much. You know, we can't get through this. Like it, it, marriage shouldn't be this hard. If, if you believe that, then you've given up. And if you think that you're going to find that in somebody else, then you're lying to yourself. The deployment is a, is a great example of this, I feel like, because it was a huge obstacle in our lives that I feel like now we really have turned into something greater. When I recall that time of our life and how absolutely horrible I felt during that 18 months, I just remember being like, I didn't even ask God this question because at the time I wasn't really a Christian. I, mean, I believed in God, but I didn't reach out to God and ask for his guidance. But I just remember like, why? Why me? Like, why do I have to go through this? Like, why is this happening? Like... And instead of asking that question of why, you should be maybe asking God, like, what can I learn from this situation? How can we better our marriage because of, you know, the circumstances that we faced? And I think that going through the deployment for so, such a long period of time had really taught us now how important it is to communicate. You know, when, in a time where like that's all we could do is talk on the phone every other day or every third day. I mean, communication was huge for us. And so there are just little things that throughout that deployment and throughout that obstacle that I think we really did turn into things that we use today in our marriage that are so important, like, you know, good communication. So, yeah, I like that one. Me too. <laughs> All right. So the next one, this is number eight. And this is the last one. This is the last one. So, um, and this is increased productivity. You want to talk about, you're such a productivity junkie. Yeah. I mean, so how we apply this to marriage. So, you know, being productive, you know, I'm all about time efficiency, but it also too is just focusing on and figuring out what those individual strengths are that you have for each other's spouse. So as an example, in our marriage, most people think I'm the finance guy so that I'm in charge of everything finance in our household. That is furthest from the truth. You know, I, I do the, I'm the CIO chief investment officer. So I handle all the investments, but as far as paying the bills and staying top of things and getting our taxes together or all our receipts and whatnot, like that's, that's what Mandy does. I mean, she is type A super, org well, I mean, you, you're still organized, but I think as our business has grown, as our life has been more complex, you know, but you're still a heck of a lot more organized than I'll ever be. And that's one of her amazing strength that she does for our marriage. There's another one. Bam. Bam. You should have back at you. that yeah. last week. Yeah. So, I mean, she's super organized. I think, um, you know, one thing that as far as increasing productivity, I think, and this is maybe a different way of thinking about it, but I look at myself as being the, well, I mean, you're, you're getting there, but wanting to be more spontaneous and do like fun things for the family. You know, so just being in productivity with our family time and our leisure time of just taking a little quick vacations, doing trips. But I'll tell you, I mean, we talked about this previous podcast when we just went back on, uh, went to spring break to Orlando and we had no plans to go to the Disney park. And then we woke up that morning and it was really Mandy and a friend that was in there with us. It was th the moms that, Woke up that morning and said, hey, let's go, which I thought was so cool. But I think, the, honestly, I mean, if I'm being truthful here, the only reason that she's like that is because of what I've been able to influence her. <laughs> I, I think it's Jesus, babe. But <laughs> I mean, you want to take all the credit. I've been praying for a long time for God to change my heart in that because I'm such a scheduled fanatic. But you have had a huge, I think he has used you 
to really impact that part of my life because being spontaneous is something I never was before. And God has really used you to show me that, you know what, everything doesn't have to be planned and everything doesn't have to be prim and proper and go the exact way that you had wrote it out on your calendar. So yeah, I do give you credit, but I also give him credit. (laughs) You know, and I, I think this is, and this all, this changes with time. I know like one example of here just recently that with our oldest son and him being in third grade now, just with the homework that he has, Mandy does not feel like that that is one of her strengths that she has the patience to deal with our son and his homework because he just has a very, I can't do it attitude. And it's just so frustrating. And it takes, I feel like twice as much time to do what should be a simple routine just because he, he always starts it with, he just believes he can't do it. So I have to coach him and and kind of give him some seeds and kind of work him up to the problem and we had to do that last night so that's one of the duties that I've taken on you know whenever whenever there's homework and try to step up and do that you're really good at that too by the way like I'm really bad at it and not just from the fact that I can't stand like dealing with his attitude and his like I can't do this behavior but also let's be honest I mean I can't do third grade common core math I mean it's ridiculous I feel like the, this is the dumbest person when I'm looking at his homework and I'm like I don't know I really have no idea like I here's what it is I feel just as frustrated as him like I'm on his team I'm like I can't do this either like so I feel like he gets that from me probably because I just want to throw my hands up but that is one thing that you're great at and you are so good at it that we've kind of just like made it your thing with him you know and I but I feel like that's productive that's increasing productivity because if I were to take over that role I would constantly be frustrated like the entire night it would take us twice as long And it would create this like resentment because I would just want you to help me with it because I'm not good at it. And I know that you are. So I think those are the little things in your marriage that you can look for. And and maybe you don't have kids, so you don't have to be necessarily talking about helping kids with homework. But maybe it is who is controlling your finances in your house. You know, is your husband doing it because he is the man and because you expect him to, even though he's really bad at it and you actually might have some, you know, training in Excel and you know how to do like accounting things and spreadsheets and, but you just feel like it's his duty. You know, maybe that's something that you can take over because that would increase the productivity. You could do it faster. You could do it probably a little bit better and he would probably appreciate letting go of that duty. I mean, this is just an example. I mean, maybe it's vice versa. You know, I'm just using an example, but finding those little things in your marriage that you each are good at and then running with them. Yes. Like Jeff Rose is really good at at smacking my booty. (laughs) Why don't you get that booty over here? Stop. I don't even know why I brought that up. I'm glad that you did. You're you're really good at initiating like physical touch and kissing and hugging and like just, you know, creating that connection. I'm really bad at that. So see, that's your job, babe. Yeah. (laughs) I'm and I'm ready to step up to the plate (laughs) and do my job well. So I'm really good at denying that. That's my that's my job. So I have to like shut you down. (laughs) Boo. I'm just kidding. Yeah. All right, so that wraps up this uh, podcast where we talked about the marriage gap. And, you know, once again, just recapping what the marriage gap is. This is the space between what you consider to be your ideal marriage or what some people would call the perfect marriage and what your actual marriage is. And the gap is that comparison between where you're at now and where you think that your marriage should be. 
The reality, though, is that the perfect marriage, the ideal marriage does not exist. So if you're comparing your actual marriage where you're at now to where you think your marriage should be, that is the gap. And that is where many people are left frustrated. They're left disappointed. And so many different problems can happen. Now, the cool thing, though, is that by working on these eight principles is that you can close that gap and get closer to that ideal marriage. But the importance obviously is communication and just understanding where your place is in the marriage and where you can improve, you know, look deep down inside in your own self and recognize that maybe you're not giving everything that you have, or maybe that you are expecting way too much from your your spouse based on some TV show or movie that you watched. So I hope that these eight principles, these points help you out in helping you close that gap and, you know, helping you have a very successful marriage and hope it makes your marriage more. Bam. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. We also want to say thank you guys so much for listening. I know some of you have reached out to us and even sent emails with um, questions and just how listening to this has affected your life. And I just recently got an email. I'll actually try to include it on next week's episode. I want to get permission first, but from somebody who is younger, who doesn't have kids, but who just got married and, and sent us an email just saying, you know, thank you for the transparency and thank you for what you're talking about on the marriage more show, because through this, I encourage my husband to listen with me and it's really helping us just learn, you know, at the beginning of our marriage, what marriage is supposed to look like. And so thank you for that. We just want to, you know, encourage you and we're here in it with you in the, you know, in the trenches where you don't have all of this figured out. And, um, there's still the marriage gap between our marriage that we're still, you know, working through. And so we don't want you to think at any point that uh, we have a perfect marriage or that we are marriage experts, but we are just two people loving each other who want to, to be intentional about making our marriage, you know, making our marriage what it should be. And so if you have a chance, we would love for you to hop over to iTunes. You could head to houseofroseblog.com slash iTunes, and you can leave a rating and a review and you can tell us, um, you know, maybe you've listened to an episode and it encouraged you in some way. We would love to know about that because those kinds of comments, they encourage us to keep talking and to keep sharing some of the, the hardships that we've been through in our marriage. Boom. Is boom your word of the day? It is. <laughs> All right, guys. So this is your life. This is your marriage. And only you can make it more. Take care. <laughs>